0: up conversations. It's so wonderful to have so many people in this worship space together today. Welcome everyone to worship here at Springfield Church of the Brethren. It is Sunday, February the 21st. As I said, I am so glad to see so many of you in here today. A uh, few announcements. We do have special music that our sister Bev will be providing right there a little bit later. I'm um, looking forward to that, Bev. No, no, nothing to be nervous about. (laughs) Uh, Some things out of the bulletin. If you haven't caught it yet, uh, Elizabeth Butera, our sister, has a new phone number. It's listed in there. So if you're looking to reach out and give her a call, try that number. All right, we are having Sunday School downstairs. Our brother Mike is leading, uh, starting at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. First Sunday of each month, we are having music at the end of worship service. I believe next week is the last Sunday of the month, so it'll be the week after. Actually, that's all the announcements I had out of there. I, I do have, as we move into joys and concerns, I got to visit our sister, Sandra, uh, who was, who's living in Stowe Glen. They actually let me in. It was really nice. I got to go sit with her and talk with her for a while. She's doing really well, and she wanted to send her joy of all the calls and cards that she has gotten from everyone here and let you know that she's thinking of us and praying for us. And can't wait until those, that time where we can go see her face to face without having to take a rapid test and get dressed in plastic. Are there any other joys or prayers you wish to lift up with the community this morning? Many of you know I might say the full know Tom Zerker. he was the former district executive. His son had a massive heart attack and passed away yesterday. His, Jared's daughter uh, was at the same um, in a sledding accident and in the hospital as well. So prayers for Tom and their granddaughter and the whole family as they, as they mourn the loss and learn, learn to deal with the world that looks a lot different today. Yes, it is. We have Cheryl and Tony. We have Mark back in, I saw, there's Faye, I have so many wonderful, I said the wrong name, didn't I? No, D, right? Yes, I said Faye, didn't I? All right, have D back, that's my bad. It's so wonderful to have so many brothers and sisters who we haven't had here in worship for a while, and ones that, I know you're new to me, but you are old to these folks, though. So. I have an update from our sister, Bev, Uh, Secret, and Jeremy, her daughter-in-law and son, are doing better. She did do a quick, a brief stint in the hospital last week, but she is back home, and her COVID symptoms are getting better, and she's getting back towards a more normal life. That's a blessing. We have all been praying for our brothers and sisters down in Texas. I've been checking in with my aunt who lives down there and seeing how their family is doing. And Avenal asked for prayers for for Diane, her daughter, who is dealing with the rolling blackouts as well and how cold it is down there. So we continue to hold them in our prayers. And I'm glad to see that electric stations are starting to come back up online and pray that the water issues are worked out quickly. Prayers for Isaiah, Ashley, and Scott, Gail's son, daughter-in-law, and grandson who are having housing problems as well in Pennsylvania and who have, yes, very similar weather to us. I, I know at least where my parents are. They've got like 14 inches of snow on the ground, which is a bit more than us. But having housing issues, especially in a new house when trying to figure out how to treat it correctly during the winter. Pray that they'll have everything fixed up soon. I do have one more announcement, and this was my fault just forgetting this earlier. As we continue in our Bible study on Tuesday nights uh, this week, we're going to be doing uh, faith like a mustard seed and like yeast out of Luke 13 and the story of the uh, Good Samaritan, which I forgot to write down the chapter on that. I wrote down 15, but I think that's Prodigal Son. But we will be doing that, and I'll send that information out with my updates this week. If you'll join me as we enter into this time of prayer together. Pray with me. God, we lift up today so many people in our prayers. We lift up so many of our brothers and sisters across this country, especially those down in the South. As they deal with this cold weather. With homes and infrastructure that just wasn't designed to handle this cold. We ask you to protect them. To lift them. To help those who take care of the infrastructure to bring it back online. To keep them safe. We lift up those within our community. We think especially of the Zerker family as they deal with the loss of a loved one, the injury of a loved one. But we are so thankful, God, We are so thankful how you come into our world, how you offer up the light. As we go outside, it's blinding right now, the bright sun on the snow. But we know that you are brighter yet. We thank you for how it has lifted our lives brought us to gather as community brought those who we've missed back into our lives back into our space to worship together we ask god that we will be as bright in this world We ask that you continue watching over us. We ask that we can watch over one another. Amen. I have taken up the pastor's challenge to if you remember a few weeks ago he said, if you have a poem or anything, share it. So I'm going to make you suffer this morning as you listen to me play this. This is kind of like a mini dulcimer. And um, when Don and I were on vacation one year, I saw this and I thought, oh, that's really neat. I'd love to have it. So we got it. And I play it from time to time. But anyway, uh, so I'm going to play two songs. One's Love Lifted Me and the other is Sweet Hour Prayer. There is so much spirit running today through our musicians. I can only pray it runs so rampantly in my speaking. I'm going to try preaching off my computer today. So our reading comes from Mark 7, 31 through 37. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version today. Then he returned from the region of Tyre, And went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee and in the regions of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hands on him. Taking him aside from the crowd, he privately put his fingers into his ears. And after spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and sighed and said to him, Ephathathah, that is, be open. And his ears were open and his tongue was released and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well, and even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Blessed is the word. Now, I read from the English Standard today. If you read the NIV, it's going to read a little differently. If you read the NRSV or the King James or any of the different versions, they're all going to be a little different. Part of the issue is that it's a Greek word soup. It just doesn't make a ton of sense in the Greek. It's not 100% clear. There's some combination of fingers being inserted into ears, other fingers inserted into mouths, and some spitting. It's unclear whether he spits on the finger and then puts it in the mouth. they all go into this exasperated sigh into heaven okay i get the sigh so we last week when we saw jesus he was with the pharisees who were complaining because they didn't wash their hands enough and then he snapped back and said look it's not what comes into the body that makes you unclean it's what comes out And then the next seven verses, which is all the difference between where we were last week and where we are this week. He goes to the region of Tyre. Now, Tyre is just a little northwest of Galilee. It's really quite close. It's a major port of the Mediterranean coast for the area. The city is famous for this great isthmus that sticks out into the water. And isthmus is a piece of land surrounded by water on three sides. It offers protection against the sea. What makes it famous is that it's man-made. Alexander the Great, about 350 years earlier, had conquered Tyre by building this isthmus to the citadel that protected the bay. Sorry, ancient engineering is really fascinating to me. But Jesus didn't go there to see this isthmus In fact, he didn't even make it all the way to the city. It tells us he went into the region. So why did he go there? Well, this is Gentile zone. It's not very far away. And at times, yeah, the area had been under Hebrew control. But that had been centuries ago under David and Solomon and some of the Israelite kings, northern kings. But Tyre had always stayed independent of the Hebrew nation. It had been only conquered by the major empires like the Persians and the Babylonians and the Romans. So this was a good place for him to go where there was the Jewish infrastructure around where they could get the food that they wanted, where they could practice their faith as they wanted, but they also could do it without as much exposure. Not as many people would know who Jesus was. They were more disconnected there. And that's even what mark tells us he went into a house and he didn't want his presence to be known a good spot to hide and relax from all the work he's been doing but then he's spotted he's found out by a greek phoenician woman who comes and goes jesus heal my daughter she has a demon this is one of the more uncomfortable stories about jesus not ready to preach on it yet but in a nutshell he says no you're a gentile I'm not here to do that for you what honestly i think jesus just did that because jesus wanted to make a bigger point and so the story's in there because jesus refused initially knowing that eventually he was going to heal her and you got to give kudos to the woman because she argues with Jesus and wins. He heals her. But now his cover is broken. He knows he's about to be inundated with people asking to be healed. And he needs some more time to rest and relax. So he leaves. Now Mark tells us, that he was on his way back to Galilee. It doesn't say Capernaum, but we imagine it's probably Capernaum. That's where his home base was. And Capernaum's up on the northern shore, just a little bit to the, the western side, which is really quite close to Tyre. But instead of just heading south and east to get to Capernaum, he goes north to Sidon. That would make a lot of sense. And then he finally heads east, but he heads so far east, he passes into another province altogether before finally turning south and walking down. So he is now on the opposite shore of Galilee from Capernaum. He's as far away as he could get on the Galilee shore. He's back in the Decapolis, the ten-city region the place where he healed the demoniac who had legion and then killed all those pigs. I want you to put yourself in Jesus' sandals for just a moment, at least from a certain point of view. He's been working himself to the bone, healing people, walking about, teaching. He's tired. He needs a break. So he goes to an area where no one knows his name, the opposite of cheers. And he tries to hide and relax and what happens? Work finds him. All right, fine, I'm going home. but I'm gonna take the long trip, get as much time away from the office as possible. So he goes as far away around as he could possibly go and still get back to the region. And what happens? Work finds him again. He just can't get a break. And then he just does something weird. Let's face it, it's just weird. Jesus can heal without even knowing it. That happened just a little bit before with the hemorrhagic woman who reaches out and grabs his cloak. According to Mark, he just knew the power went out of him to heal her. He didn't intentionally do it at all. Then he raised a girl from the dead by just telling her to get up. And he healed this this Phoenician woman's daughter from a demon without even seeing the daughter. He said, go home, she's fine now. Jesus could have just looked at the man and healed. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus pulls him aside and he puts fingers into ears and mouths. There's some spitting involved. Not sure where he spits exactly, but there's spitting involved. And then he just looks up at heaven. (sighs) Be open. It seems to me a man who's just trying to get a break and when he can't get it, He has a little break. I get that. As many of you know, my last vacation, traveling, wasn't exactly the most relaxing vacation ever with the car wreck and everything on day one. And then dealing with insurance agencies and car rental issues and the people at the shop telling us what was wrong. It just wasn't the most relaxing thing. And it felt like every day when we were down at the shore with my family, we were just getting one more piece of bad news. The damage is this much, the damage is that much. It's gonna take this long to process. On top of that, there were reasons that I felt I needed to be back here. I know I wasn't present, as present as I should have been for grace. Lauren. To be fair, Lauren was in the same boat as me. We were both a little distracted. Now, on our last day in Delaware, I went and picked up the car to go drive it up to to New Jersey, back to where our dog was, along with my in-laws to have Gracie's birthday party. I have the same exact car, basically. That's the one we replaced it with, which is a Kia Sorento, which is a mid-size SUV. They gave us an Sport, which is not a very big car. It's a little bit bigger than a smart car, but really not that much. And that meant fitting two adults, one child, plus all of our luggage, plus her sand toys, Plus some Christmas, or birthday gifts from grandma and grandpa all into that very tiny, tiny car. I was a tad frustrated. I told them what I needed, and that was not what I needed. So, all right. Driving back up to New Jersey, get a call from the insurance agent. More bad news, the car has officially been totaled. Stays going great. And I miss my exit on the Jersey Turnpike. <sighs> okay, you know what? I'm going to just jump off the next exit. GPS will get me there. I know I could take this turnpike another 45 minutes north and get over that way, but I'm just going to add like an hour to the trip doing that. I can get there quicker. If I just jump off the exit, and we'll wake at work get off the exit, driving some random little country highway. And we come upon a piece of artwork sitting in someone's front lawn. It's one of those sculptures that they make with a chainsaw. You know, you get a big old piece of wood and you just chop into it until you've you've found something within it. This one happened to be a lion, big old lion, probably five, six feet tall pretty thick, if I can recall correctly, but it had this unusually long face, kind of like an old Hanna-Barbera movie, t- uh, cartoon, you know, just hugely long. It made it look really sad. Actually, it made it look really tired <laughs> and sad, and I couldn't help myself. I kind of looked a little towards Lauren and went, I'm a lion. I don't want to lion today. It was stupid, (laughs) utterly stupid. But Lauren lost it and I lost it. I nearly had to pull over to stop driving. I was laughing so hard it might, I I probably should have pulled over. (laughs) It was that little break that my brain just needed from the frustration level. And to this day, it's become the joke. Don't want to get out of bed. I'm a lion. Stupid, funny, you know. I can't help but connect Jesus' kind of bizarre performance as a side effect of this frustration of not being able to rest. For that moment, he let himself go, and he allowed himself just to be silly. I can't help but wonder if after he was all done, he just chuckled to himself. I mean, yes, yes. Jesus is God incarnate but Jesus is also living a human life. That means having all the baggage of being human, all the needs, the emotions, the wants, the urges. And I think it means once in a while reaching a level of frustration that we just let ourselves be silly and give voice to a wooden lie and or stick our fingers in other people's mouths and ears. Which I will point out, that was a different time and place, and it was Jesus, and it wasn't COVID-19 era. Please don't stick your fingers in other people's ears and mouths. Unless you have a toddler and you're getting something out. Different. We're all weird. We're all silly at times, one way or another. We have our idiosyncrasies. You know, there's been this kind of reclaim of the words nerd and geek, at least among millennials and I think they're called Zoomers, the next generation down. You know, that fascination on some particular field that drives us to know more about it, to be a little obsessed with it. You know, I, I, can, I know of at least one person who isn't in this building right now, but a member of our church, who could tell you the entire history of one particular band and probably tell, sing every single lyric about it that they've ever written. I know there's also people in here who could tell me the statistics and the history of their favorite ball teams. There's some here who probably have a favorite novelist that they read every book and they know all about the worlds that they created in their novels. There's even at least one person here who loves to study history and gets very excited about ancient engineering. Paul was a huge geek. Actually, technically, he was a nerd. There's a difference. Nerds tend to go over the top with their studying. He was a nerd when it came to scripture and theology. But it's only thanks to that that. Paul's fascination with the Hebrew scriptures that he was able to argue so well to the Jews. It also worked out really well for him because the Romans had a bit of a fascination with ancientness. They liked the idea of old things. It's one of the reasons why Judaism, despite the fact it wasn't always loved by the Roman Empire, it was allowed to continue under the Roman Empire because it was ancient, and that made it special. If it wasn't for Paul being weird, we probably wouldn't have Christianity the way we have it today. Weird and silly. I like to think of Jesus that way. Maybe it's me self-projecting on Jesus because I'm a little weird and I'm certainly... Okay, actually, put it the way around. I'm a little silly and I'm certainly very weird. I'll be honest, that's the way it works. If we look back through history, we have lots of people all throughout history who are certainly a little weird and certainly a little silly. It makes them more endearing more human. Jesus uses that. God uses that. God made us who we are, us curious beings, us laughing beings. If there's any proof in this world that God has a sense of humor, I see it sitting before me here. And I mean that nicely. I see that in creation, in platypuses, platypi, whatever. I don't even think they know. Oddly enough, in octopuses or octopi, however that works too. This strange and funny and silly creation that we live in, in the joy we have in laughing and singing and our weird obsessions and how that draws us together. I'm thinking of how often, you know, I have an uncle who loves cars. And for him that created a lot of community, an obsession with cars. Community when he struggled to find it elsewhere in school and in other places. What does that tell us? I think it's God reminding us to be ourselves and God reminding us that it's okay to release the pressure valves. Fewer downstairs today, enjoying our, uh, I keep wanting to say Bible study. It really is Bible study, but it's Sunday school Bible study. Our brother Mike talked about how sometimes he needs to let go of that frustration. It's okay. Jesus let go of his frustration, and I don't think when Mike did it that he jammed his fingers into anyone's ears. He found a silly way to do it. He found a, I think, honestly, Jesus found a way to do something to prove that God can do anything any way God wants, and also it's okay to be funny. To let go of that frustration. And I think also to live into what God made you. Because after all, I think a lot of you are very funny. I mean that nicely. So, next time you go out into this world and you're frustrated, don't jam your fingers into the person's ear. Do not spit on them. Do not put your fingers in their mouths. But be okay with being a little silly, looking up at the sky and going, be open. Have a little prayer. Next time you see something that gets you all excited, that riles your energy up, that makes you want to just talk about things for hours, be okay with that. That's who God made you. God made you beautifully nerdy and geeky and silly. Jesus isn't always serious religion, faith, is not always serious. It's something joyous, laugh, funny, and a little silly. So let's just be a little silly in this world, laugh a little harder, and make it a little brighter. Thank you. Thank you. wish I had thought of a joke to put here. Just seems a little right, but I can't think of any right now. That's okay. But I implore you to go out smiling today, to open yourself up to a little silliness, to a little humor, to a little weirdness, to your own nature. And yes, If you see a funny lion sculpture, feel free to go, I'm a lion. I'm pretty sure God was in that place when that sculptor made that, and when that was put in just the right spot. Because I know I needed that. I think God wants us to laugh. So laugh. Amen.